0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of Pursuing Results Podcasts, where we interview successful people about one book that changed their life. And we've got a ridiculously good guest, and we're talking about a very interesting book. So we're going to get super deep today. Uh, This is not your traditional, uh, you know, like business tactics book or uh, or you know, who moved my cheese or something like that. (laughs) We're we're talking about some uh, some deep stuff. So uh, if you're watching this live on Facebook, just want to thank you. First of all, feel free to comment uh, and engage. You can actually do it either on Facebook Live, or you can head on over to Smile Dime uh, on, using the link on this uh, post right here on Facebook, and you can chat and comment. And you can do all kinds of stuff, and we'd love to get your feedback. But we're going to talk to Jay Campbell, uh, who is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, general all-around badass in every way, shape, or form. So, Jay, first of all, welcome. Thanks for being here. Can
1: you see me now? I had to I had to eject the whole thing. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, no worries, man. I got you now, so I'm going to bring you back. There we go. Now you're back on the stage again. So. I think we're good. I heard, I good. heard we'll everything
1: see. you said so we could pick up. I appreciate the kudos on the book, but I think yeah, I could hear you. You just couldn't see me or hear me.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's uh, dive back into the book again. So we're talking about, you know, like entrepreneurs and, and kind of tell me about like, what, what was your headspace like and, and why did that book resonate so much in that time? Like, I, I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but dude, you always have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So, I mean, were you in a place where you were particularly overloaded or stressed or what do you think made the book resonate so much at that point?
1: Um, stress for sure. I mean, I'm a guy that has always you know looked inward and you know blamed himself and any type if if I needed help, it was just you know myself. you know, I, I'll figure it out. And I think that, you know, I eventually figured out that like I couldn't keep i mean, i I pretty much had taken on so much responsibility and do so much. And you know, I'm like Josh, right? I'm like a mini Josh. I mean, like right. you know, Josh, people don't realize this when I say this, but Josh wakes up at two fifty in the morning. Yeah, and he's literally at work. You know, he does some meditation, some mindfulness training, and then he's at work by three thirty in the morning and works till seven o'clock every night. That's not an exaggeration. I mean, I I just spent an so entire weekend with him, um, and we worked, we whiteboarded till eleven o'clock at night on Friday night, and got back up at seven o'clock. You know, we're back in it Saturday seven seven in the morning until nine thirty on Saturday night, and then back up again Sunday morning, and you know, till I was up on my flight in the afternoon. The guy's insatiable. I mean, you know, I've never seen anybody like him, but I've become more like him. And that I'm out doing three or four podcasts a day. You know, I spend some time still in the real estate uh, stuff with Monica. So, I mean, the, the answer to your question, dude, I was just overloaded. I just took on too much responsibility. Uh, I wasn't leveraging my time as well as I could have, and I was just about ready to snap. I mean, there were times that I didn't want to wake up in the morning because I just felt so overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's easy to fall into. I think it's uh, there's a lot of there's things that are coming out now about. Um, Uh, entrepreneurs being more susceptible to depression and things like that. And I think uh, being an entrepreneur tends to attract a personality type that's probably a little bit more susceptible to that anyway, but that's, that's another discussion. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we, we do, we, like the long-term vision like gets us and we want to commit to those things because we see in our mind's eye what it's going to look like in the end. And that gets us very excited, which is exactly what you have to do. It's kind of like the um, I don't know the courtship stage or whatever. But then when you actually get into the relationship, the actual carrying through and the following through on the commitments, we realize that wait a minute, we've way overcommitted ourselves. And then it gets really, really, really hard because we bog ourselves down in all the things that we could be thinking about and doing rather than focusing on doing something. Uh, so that like that's it's really helped me to. And I haven't read that particular book, but I've read books like it that talk about the power of just focusing on that one thing that's in front of you and focusing on getting that thing done. Right. And it sounds like that's, that's one of the big takeaways.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, the book is just, I mean, there's so many steps or so many highlighted passages that I have in the book that I could read to you, but I mean, it really does teach you to, to detach from, from outcomes until you learn to detach from your envisioned outcome and, and to realize that the embrace, the fun, And and successful part of life is just going with the flow. And I know it sounds crazy uh, because, again, you know, I I don't want to be be a woo-woo king here and tell people that you can't plan. I mean, that you don't need to plan and you don't need to have meticulous business ideas and goals and structure and format and stuff like that. But you can't rely on how it works out. You know, it's like, you know, Josh was saying we we embrace the whole, you know, ready, fire, aim right? Like mentality of business, because if you don't embrace that mentality in business, you are going to be stuck and attached to specific outcomes or, you know, based on planning and stuff like that. And then everything just goes completely haywire when it doesn't always work out that way. And it never does. So it's not until you get to that point where you realize that like, it doesn't have to look a specific way to be successful, to make money, to be profitable, to whatever, again, dependent and reflective of who you are in your life. Um, you're you're going to be miserable, man, and that's and that to me is what really was the breakthrough for me on the book is is that I I finally realized that I don't have to have it a specific way. I don't have to dial it in, and be Jay Campbell and dot every i and cross every t for everything. It doesn't have to work that way. And you know it's it, it's more about like you know, are you doing your mindfulness training? You know, are you dedicating time to yourself? Are you looking into meditation? Are you looking into understanding your chakras and stuff like that? I mean, it all sounds woo woo, but it's not woo woo. And if anybody is watching this show, I can assure you that the most successful people in the world at the highest levels of business is whether CEOs or the, you know, the top entrepreneurs in the world, all of these people have similar avenues to success. And that is they are doing mindfulness training and they are meditating and they are taking time for themselves and they are understanding that the mind is a lot more powerful than they give it credit.
0: Yeah. I think it was uh, Seth Godin said recently that uh, he thinks meditation is going to be the next big, uh, is going to be like the next yoga. uh, I mean, dude, I can't meditate.
1: I can't meditate for, for S, but literally, Anyone can download a, and I'll I'll recommend this app more than anything. There's a new app on iTunes. I think it's available on Android too, but it's called the Seven Chakra Healing Guide to Meditation. And you can literally download, it's free. I think they have like Sounds of Nature packs for 99 cents, and I recommend buying those. But you can literally program this tool, this app, put on your Bluetooth, hopefully noise isolation uh, headphones on, and program it to go down the chakras. And again, there's seven chakras in the body. We don't discuss that, but just play this music. The brain entrainment waves and the different uh, megahertz frequency that the stuff is on is all relevant to each chakra. And you can just do that in the morning when you're, you know, you know, even if you're not meditating, you could just be reading a book or something that, you know, interests you and have that on in the background. And again, allow that, you know, that, that, uh, by, the bioral beats and the brain entrainment stuff. And man, it makes such a huge difference in your life. If you do that every every day and be consistent with it, I even go to sleep with it now. Do so, you really? Yeah. I, I literally was a guy that would always complain and say, look, you know, I hired a yogi, at, you know, for a lot of money in my late twenties to figure out. Cause I knew meditation was important, but I couldn't get it. I can't turn my brain off. Yeah. My brain is <laughs> you know. So now, so it's now like I'm finally embracing that. Okay. So I'm not going to be that traditional, you know, zap into space like my wife, right. right? Monica can meditate and, you know, bring out the Kundalini energy and do all that. And she's got that inner access to that stuff. And that's amazing for her. But for me, I had to figure out, and I really did have to, you know, after reading this book on how I could shut my brain down and try to go into my, you know, my, my mindfulness stuff.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: And I have, you know, and anybody can teach themselves how to do it.
0: Interesting. All right. So let's turn back to the, uh, the detachment from outcome, because I feel like that's where a lot of, um, a lot of entrepreneurs are going to feel a little, a little lost and, and where the, the internal resistance to that idea will come from is the idea that, If I release attachment to the outcome, it makes it less likely that I will put in the effort and the specific energy and the steps that will take me to get the win that I want. So how do you balance the two? Like just internally, you, Jay Campbell, like, you know where you want to go, or at least, you know, you have big goals. You know, you want to do something big with each of the product projects that you're in because you wouldn't be in them otherwise. So how do you combine the attack, the dislike, the non-attachment to the outcome, but still motivate yourself to put in the effort to deserve the win?
1: So it's a good question. So, um, and I think most people get misunderstand this. Um, when I say not attached to the outcome, yes, you should in your mind envision like success, right? Because if you perceive it, you can achieve it. But you can't have a defined outcome from a standpoint of it has to be this way. All people, regardless of who you are, if you live your life that way, you're gonna have you're it's gonna lead to breakdown because. The outcome is never going to be exactly as you envision it. It may be in a different way, you know, entirely. And until you are okay with like it coming in a way that you can't understand, then ultimately you're just going to constantly be miserable because you're never, you're never going to be satisfied. I mean, you're going to constantly live in the, you know, the, the, the tomorrow, or as, you know, Toli would say the, the ego mind. And the ego mind is, you know, what controls sorrow and misery. And that's what, listen, dude, most people today in the world are miserable. I don't give a shit if they make a million dollars a month because they live in the future and the past. They don't live in the now. And the reality is until you learn to live and embrace, embrace first and live in the now second, you're going to be miserable, man. You're going to be chasing things, stuff shiny things, material things, whatever it is, you're going to be chasing the things that don't really matter. And all that really, truly matters to be happy is to be okay with being happy in the now. Again, you know, I like it to who I was as a, as a kid and what my dad taught me. And again, I don't blame my dad. I have no judgment of my dad, but this is just a point of fact. You know, my dad never allowed me to be happy. I, I was never allowed to, no matter what I did, you know, as an athlete no amount of success was ever to be celebrated. It was always like, there's somebody out there out you right now. They're working hard on your, on their game. They're reading more than you. They're doing this. So I adopted that mindset. And again, I'm not blaming my dad, but I lived most of my life living that way. And it wasn't until I could realize that, listen, that's not important, man. What's important is just enjoying the moment, you know, and living in the moment and making every moment count with your kids, your personal relationships. There's so many things that this, you know, ensconces. And it's not until you really realize that, that you're truly going to be happy. Again, for me, all it matters to me is fulfillment and feeling like, okay, today was a great day. What's coming tomorrow? It's not about me worrying about paying bills or worrying about whether I can afford that vacation or whether I'm going to be able to like get this business, you know, this budget pass. I don't live like
0: that anymore. Interesting. Well, yeah, and it's... So here, I think here's another struggle is that in, in order to get to where a guy like you is, I mean, you talked about Joshua Smith and that guy takes massive action on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, th- there's a trap there or there's there's a trap for the person that wants to find it, which is the, the idea that, well, if I'm if I'm not attached to the outcome then I can sit back and I can let, I can take life as it comes. And it's a way of avoiding massive action. Now, you talk to a natural entrepreneur who just lives and breathes They're a shark. They live and breathe this stuff. Uh, and I would, I would kind of put you in that category as well. And Joshua Smith is definitely in that category. I don't know that you guys struggle with taking massive action, as much because it's, it's like your natural state of being, but there is a trap there for someone that looks and says, well, I don't really want all the material because I don't need everything to work out the way I want to. And they use it as an excuse to then not take massive action. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it totally does. But I don't personally, I don't think that I don't think those type of people are ever going to be successful as entrepreneurs. I mean, yeah, they may make money, but they're going to lose it all, you know? And the, 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 because, because again, the truth is, is that, and again, I'm speaking from a, from experience. I made a lot of money, and I lost a lot of money, and I wrote a huge check to my ex-wife. So, I mean, I, I, I you know, <laughs> a, a, you know, a very, I won't get into the numbers, but a very large check, right. and and so I've been there where you know I didn't have the uh, appreciation. of of these things. And so, you know, when I say what I'm talking about right now, like I totally know from a personal, a place of actual personal experience that um, yes, you still have to take massive action and yes, you know, not being attached to the outcome is not an excuse to be like fearful of the outcome. I want to make sure that there's like a separation here. It's like, being fearful of the outcome and being not attached to the outcome are two separate things. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to take risks and probably a lot of risks all the time, especially to continue to outperform and to be happy as far as like, you know, what you're doing from a business standpoint, from a goals uh, objectionable goal standpoint. But I don't think it's the same as like, being attached to it have to be in a certain way oh I, you know i i didn't make my two million dollar you know forecast i was off by five hundred thousand dollars and you go completely bonkers about it it's it's more of like oh hmm that's interesting i was five hundred thousand dollars short how am i gonna over how am i gonna overcome that in the next quarter so that you know i can continue to go down the path that i've chosen in my mind is what i want to go to does that make sense
0: yes it, it's um well, it's definitely a way to get yourself kind of on track faster by short circuiting the emotional response that bogs you down or right. gets you. I mean, cause you can go either way. You can go you can go throw into depression uh, and then take forever to dig back out of it, which I've which I've done in the past. Yeah, uh, with with stuff that happened to me. Or right. you can go the other way and you can get amped up and you can just throw, you know, just, you know, maybe some types of the wrong massive action, firing people, getting out of the business, getting into a different business, right. all kinds of things that you can, there's, there's all kinds of emotional reactions you can take. So releasing that attachment to the outcome, uh, it does. I mean, there's among many other benefits, but it sounds like you're looking at it too, as a way to just say, look, it happened. Like there's no judgment. It just is. Right. And let's move on to finding the solution. Even if the solution means taking massive action, that's fine. I'm okay with that because even then the next time I'm not attached to that outcome either. Um, there was a great analogy I read in a book years ago, and I wish I could remember the, uh, the book and the author, but essentially it was the idea that, um, like if you're out in a boat and you feel another boat hit you from behind you're immediate, you know, e- e- we all know it, that immediate reaction is what the, and we turn right. around and go, who hit my boat? Right. Uh, and when you turn around the, the analogy, that the metaphor here was that you look around and you notice it's just an empty boat. There's right. nobody in the driver's seat. Well, all of that anger, all of that frustration, that natural reaction that stirs up in you immediately dissipates because right. there's, there's, there's nothing to fight. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the analogy they were trying to bring out was that that is a much more, regardless of whether there are actual people behind the events that actually cause you hurt and suffering in life, even if there are, it's still a much more useful mental model to look at the world in terms of, Hey, that's just an empty boat.
1: Exactly. I mean, and and like in the power of now too, there's, you know, he talks about he uses an analogy like that with a Yogi. And I forget the guy's name, but like the, the perfect way, everything that we do, all of our emotional reactions are our own. We create everything, nothing. If you're living in harmony and you're in universal awareness or universal consciousness, and very few people ever get to that point, that's like the max level of spiritual enlightenment, um you you could use this analogy and he talks about this the yogi um you know totally in the book he says just what if your reaction to everything was is that so and you use that literally to everything that happened in your life whether it was horrible or great great or horrible right because no matter what happens if it's a great thing in your life if that's what you embrace and you hold on to that greatness and that super you know elated happiness feeling that dopamine response Well, guess what, man? And and that's the other book that I wanted to talk about today, which we haven't mentioned about the Caballion, but you know, everything is a continuum. So embracing that dopamine response and that high. Yeah. And I want to be like this and feel good all the time. Well, guess what, man? Everything that comes up must go down. And so you're going to have an equal time in the down portion. And so if you embrace that, you know, that quote unquote, that concept of spiritual awareness. And again, very few people can ever get to this and live in it, you know, totally seems to have done it. I don't know if that's true. I don't know the guy, but I mean, it's based on his book, but the reality is, is that it's a continuum, everything in life and the pendulum swings and the pendulum is going to come back around. And it's, you know, it's like they say too. there's people, and this is where people really get confused, but love and hate are on the same spectrum at some point at varying time. So you can love someone and hate them and hate them and love them. So you know the reality is if you're going to live your life the more you control your emotions and the more you try to embrace that is that so to everything that happens in your life the more likely you are to be even keel as much as possible in times of bad and times of good
0: All right so how do you how do you try to live that on a daily basis i mean do you have like a um like Tony Robbins talks about like trigger phrases or trigger words to kind of help you get in that state or, or, or mentally remind yourself to have a certain outlook on things. Sure. You can use that, you know, is that so would be an example of a trigger phrase. Uh, one that I've used for a long time is just Zen. And just like that mm-hmm. it instantly kind of reminds me to put myself in a calmer mental right. state and, right. and have like the non-attachment to outcomes. So is there anything like that for you?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I try to use that phrase too. And then I also, um, you know, gives just give a shout out to my boy Mike Cernovich you know with his book danger and play you know mike's now become like a pop culture phenomenon you know with dangerandplay.com and everything he's done but i mean his book is that's all it's about it's about state change mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 difference between being great and being happy and being complacent is you know when do you know what is enough you know what is enough to you and everyone is different from an enough standpoint but yeah i mean you you, you train yourself to have those phrases or to have those thoughts that You know, when shit hits the fan and everything goes wrong, how do you reign it under control? And and again, the difference between being, you know, in control of your emotions and in charge of your life from every conceivable angle is is being able to change your state at will. And, you know, I think the greatest people, the greatest thinkers, philosophers, poets, existentialists in life. Um, you know, Walt Whitman is another guy who, you know, t- learned to change his state, you know, um, in his life. And I've read a lot of his poetry and his stuff is mind bending. If you really understand the poetry and the message behind his poetry, but, um, there's just, everybody has to adopt and I shouldn't say everybody, but people that want to pursue this, you know, this path and this course of spiritual enlightenment and trying to get ahead and to ascend and get, you know, get out of here, you know, when you die and go to another level, um, there has to be ways to change your state and do it pretty quickly. You know, and again, everyone is going to have ups and downs and we're all going to deal with stress. And, you know, it's how you handle that stress, especially in times of, of massive stress, you know, and distress in your life that, you know, makes you or, or shapes you as who you really are. Hmm.
0: Interesting. All right. So last couple of questions has, uh, has the understanding from the book altered the way that you set or chase goals, especially on the goal setting side. I'm curious about that
1: it's a great question um so it, it it has a little bit because I don't really set any goals now but I will tell you this that now I literally ready fire aim I just go for broke I mean like if I showed you my calendar right now like for today most people would be like how the hell does that guy do that you know like I I literally just now I, I set my calendar I say yes as Josh you know has convinced me I say yes to pretty much everyone. Um, when it comes to like setting up a podcast or doing this or that, I've, I, I'm not as heavily as involved in the real estate side of things and day to day as I once was, I've kind of given that to Monica. We also have a sales director and then of course a number of buyers agents that help me with that stuff. But, um, I'm not as so attached to, okay, I have to do this by then, or I have to pay this bill by then, or I have to do that. I just kind of now just go for it. And every day is much less detailed, if that makes sense. Okay, interesting. So, so, well, my schedule if my is insane, dude. I yeah. work 17 or 18 hours a day. There's few people that can even keep up with me. I have energy. I don't even take drugs. I mean, obviously, I'm on testosterone, but I don't right. use modafinil. I'm not on nootropics. We're writing, we're, we're, we, we built a nootropic that's going to be coming out with our Optimized Life Nutrition Supplement Company, which is a, I'm very proud of. It's an amazing over-the-counter nootropic. But I just have naturally amazing life energy. So, I'm not now as focused on, like, making sure that my schedule and my, or I shouldn't say my sch- schedule, but my goals are so dialed in that like, if I don't make them, you know, that month or that week or whatever, that I go insane over it. I now just kind of just say, okay, you know what, be- keep working, keep being creative, keep, you know, making, uh, being, being in service to others. Cause that's my motto pretty much is service to others and, and continuing to create, whether it's content you know, the written word podcast or whatever, and things are just going to materialize, you know? And again, that's kind of the mega manifestor mindset that Monica embraces. And she's really taught me. Um, and, 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 and dude, since I've started to live that way, like, I mean, the abundance that's come into my life is it's, I mean, it's, I, it's hard for me to like question it anymore. And that's why I kind of live my life that way. I wasn't this guy before I read the power of now I wasn't that guy, you know? And again, obviously as I've embraced that mindset and that style of living, other things have come into my life now and other books like the Cabalion and the Hermetic Principles and the study of all that stuff, too. And it just all just kind of correlates and just kind of synergizes for me now. But um, but I mean, I, I definitely still set goals, but I don't have any kind of goal setting like I had when I was in my 30s. Like, oh, I want to make two million dollars in the bank by the time I'm 40 or I want to be living off of six percent net when i'm 46 i don't mean that, that that means shit to me anymore dude like what matters to me is when i wake up in the morning how can i help humans how can i you know provide my gifts which is my intellect and my know-how about a lot of different things and benefit as many people as i can and I, that's why i love social media so many people talk shit about social media but like right. that allows me to get my message out to thousands of people daily for free they don't yeah. even have to pay. A lot of people don't have money. We're in a society, a system today where a lot of people are destitute, man. You know, the average person in America can't write a check for $400. Fact. Yeah. So if that's the case, then how can I get my message to as many people as I can and impact as many people as I can? Well, social media allows me that, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a two-edged sword. I mean, if you uh, if you let it take you down the path of not providing value and, and attracting attention for attention's sake, uh, right. you can certainly do that. It, it just... I lost you. Uh oh.
1: Hello. <laughs> Jay, can you
0: hear yeah, me?
1: Yeah, I, 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 can hear you. I can't see you.
0: Oh, can't see me. Okay. Uh, uh, there you go. See, we'll see there if the uh, if the feed stays. Now uh, you're there. Yeah. Okay. So you. good. Uh, still working out the bugs on a new platform. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, so give us one one last thing I wanted to ask you is just uh, is, is there any sort of um, like to keep yourself on track and to keep yourself grounded where you want to be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is there anything that you ask yourself on a regular basis, like a question that you come back to that helps guide you and keep you on track?
1: Um, that's a good question. I don't think there's a question. I I mean, I think it's just, it goes back to the whole state change. Um, you know, how do I keep myself grounded? I mean, I, I, every day, I mean, I'm very disciplined about my days, what time I wake up, when am I doing my mindfulness training? What time am I doing my weight training? If I do weight training, um, what time am I doing my cardio training? If I do cardio training, but beyond that um, I just, you know, it's, it's just a matter of like, okay, well, what are, you know, what are the, what are the, what do I do in the case of stress or disorder or something bad happening to me in the middle of the day? And it's just, I kind of just kind of withdraw in and I just say, Hmm, that's interesting. You know, and then based on saying that's interesting, then I just kind of allow it to just process for maybe five, 10, 15 seconds, And then I think, how can I, how can I make this better? You know, what can I do right now to not have this state, you know, and get out of this state and and not let this, you know, ruin my day.
0: Yeah. I love it. So what, what can I do right now to not be in this state? Exactly. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, Just, just that, just asking that question and that mindset shift that you can change it and it doesn't have to be that way will save a lot of people, uh, from, you know, I, we, we all have that where we set out, we have our schedules and stuff like that. We have it locked in and then we get to that half point of the day and we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hit the gym. I don't want to do this. I don't want to take that last call, whatever it is. And our mind tries to, tries to give us that escape hatch, like come up with something that gives us the escape. And, uh, a lot of times that's our state. And if we just recognize that we can change it and then take responsibility for changing it, usually the answer will kind of expose itself. We know how to get ourselves back in, in the state. It's, it's acknowledging that we have control over it, but anyway, so we'll have to wrap it up there. I know Jay's a super, super busy and has another couple of podcasts yet to record today, which is awesome. Uh, so Jay, remind everybody of where they can go to connect with you, listen to the podcast, get the book and all that good stuff.
1: Sure, man. And again, thanks for having me on the show today. I know we had some technical difficulties, but we bared with it, which is always sure. most important. Um, people can find me on trtrevolution.com if you're interested in hormonal optimization or getting a copy of the book. As Matt said, it is free. You can go to trtrevolution.com forward slash book or forward slash PDF, and you can get either a free paperback copy or a free PDF. The paperback does have a 7.95 shipping charge anywhere in North America. That's only valid if you're in North America. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. It's just, you know, facebook.com forward slash J Campbell, T R um, T. I'm one of those guys, man. If you email me, I will message you back. I'm not too busy for that. Um, I might not get back to you right away, but I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I get a lot of messages on a daily basis. Um, and uh, I also have a new group that I founded on Facebook um, for spiritual enlightenment for the study of the esoteric it's called the decoders of truth it's a blowing up massively expanding group literally daily we're adding about 150 new members a day um it's totally free yeah it's crazy it's totally free it's um it is a secret group so that's what's so crazy about the group Um, and then i also have a podcast as matt said um i have my trt revolution podcast and i have the ask jim and jay show but i also have a podcast with these guys i do for the decoders of truth and you can find that on seventh planet broadcasting on youtube so if you want to come into my group it's just uh just search decoders of truth um on facebook and you'll find the group and um it is it is a, a private group but if you ask for admittance we'll let you in cool
0: Cool. Cool. Cool, man. All right. Well, we will let you go. And everybody, uh, if you're watching this live, we'll be back on Friday with, uh, with another interview. We've got Jeffrey Bean, the author of a couple of books on customer experience design. Super, super cool guy, uh, assistant or like a part-time professor at UCSD out here in San Diego. And, uh, that's going to be a really, really good episode. He's got a lot of insights on, uh, on, on con, like experience design and building that into professional services and all all kinds of good stuff. He's uh, done done some work and some interviews with super high level people like Apple and Pixar and uh, cool. Amazon and a bunch of a bunch of really cool people. So that's on Friday. So join us then, Jay. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for watching.